Hi, welcome back to the third episode of Inspired Action Life podcast. This is Karen Baldridge, and I am just going to have a continuation of where we left off on my last podcast, where I was basically discussing that point in your life, and all of us probably more than not have experienced where we have just sat, looked around, and felt stuck just stuck like something's missing life looks pretty good feels pretty good mostly but there's just something that's wrong something that's missing and you were lacking inspiration or lacking excitement and just going through the motions in life and that is precisely where i was and precisely what I did not want. I wanted to feel inspired, but I didn't know how and where to look for that inspiration. Because in my mind, I was already doing everything that I possibly could to live a quote, good life. So that is where I left off. And Moving forward, today is the day that I'm going to kind of share with you some of the really valuable and key information that found its way to me, probably by no accident whatsoever, I'm sure, of what raised my awareness of my life and what changed it forever, ultimately. So this episode, I'm going to call it, in order to move forward, we must first go back. And that is where I'm going to start from. So where I left off the last time was explaining to you that I had found some information from somebody that kind of brought my awareness that there was another part of life that I had not even explored or that I didn't even quite understand. And that if I could tap into this understanding of life that I could literally transform my whole life. Now, that seemed a little crazy, a little high in the sky, a little hopeful, too hopeful, I should say. And I tend to be more of a pragmatic person. So I've not always had a ton of area, gray area in life for me. Um, I'm very black or white. I have, in a lot of cases, strong opinions about things one way or the other. So for this, you know, for this person to, you know, kind of start explaining this type of life to me, it sounded a little wacky, but I really needed something in me was just ready to explore wacky, you know, because the traditional, all the information out there on how we should live our life and how can we be happy and all of this stuff um, really wasn't resonating with me because it all seemed like quick fixes. Like, for instance, when I had talked about on the last podcast, oh, if I would just be this size, then I would be happy. Or if I could just get this promotion, then I would finally be happy. And so on and so forth. All the things that, you know, we think about our own lives. And if my kid does this and gets this, then I will be so happy. Well, (laughs) it, it really 
is so much more pervasive than that because that's a band-aid because those thoughts and feelings are fleeting so you feel them and feel the utmost of the mountaintop experience and it's oh so joyful and it feels great but then you wake up the next day and guess who's back yep you again you're back in your own life staring at yourself in the mirror and while you're not unhappy you're also not necessarily completely happy you see so it's different it's not about being necessarily unhappy as much as being inspired happy like knowing that your life is purpose-filled and that things that you are doing you're working towards something even though right right now i mean you may or may not have those very specific goals and goals are good but that doesn't lead to happiness so I digress a little bit. So what information that found its way to me was a new way of thinking. And as I told you, she called it like a next level thinking. Well, I could not understand <laughs> what she was meaning by this. And she, and she kept throwing terms around that I didn't understand, like being in the system, thinking like, how you're supposed to think when you're in the system. And again, I still don't know that that's a real common phrase for anything, but I was trying to understand what she meant by that. So she sent me a couple podcasts and a couple, you know, book titles and things. And I shared a few of them with you, like, um, it, you can heal your life by Louise Hay and a couple other, um, from the last podcast I had mentioned to you, rich dad, poor dad, um, what was that other one? Anyway, anyway, that, that was almost like a level three, um, like a 300 class, like from your college days, you know, you would take, you'd start with a 100 class then move up to 200 and then 300. That was almost like a 300 level. I really needed to start back at 100 level, but I explored some of the podcasts that she was looking at and some of, I got on some of the, um, email lists and things that she was um, talking to me about. And from there is where I was led to some of the information that I needed because her, her areas of, of, you know, pain points, you should say, were different than what mine were. So specifically, the podcasts and email chains and things blogs and whatnot, that she would listen to were hitting on different issues that that weren't really my issues because again I wasn't unhappy I wasn't necessarily angry I was just like is this it isn't there more there's got to be more what is my inspiration why do I wake up in the morning what is it that my goal is for the day so hers were different than mine and that was okay but from following those I got myself on Instagram which <laughs> you know, social media, it's, it's the devil, but also it is hugely, enormously helpful. Well, I had never been on Instagram, so I just went ahead, <clears throat> excuse me, and got on Instagram and followed these people. And from there, they suggest other people to follow. And you know how the story goes from there. You start following this person, this thought leader, this influencer, and I just would follow things that 
looked appealing to me that looked fun and happy um, decorations and, and house decor and things like that. But I really got down to the the absolute bottom of the issue, which was I needed to be inspired. But why? What was it? Somebody, one of these influencers, by the way, is the one that kind of brought up the word. <laughs> and again, I'm not doing a podcast about this particular topic because there's a million of them out there and I'm not an authority, but it was kind of pivotal to, to my story. So I'll get to it, what it is in a second, but I needed to figure out why was I feeling this way in the first place? What made me quit things that could stretch my borders or stretch my boundaries a little bit, stretch my skill set. Why was I so scared and so limited and always afraid to fail? Or, you know, obviously nobody likes to fall on their face and certainly nobody likes to do it publicly, right? So it's not that that's a huge surprise, but I was more trying to figure out why I would never put myself out there and why I always tried to keep such a low profile and I don't know. I just hated putting my neck on the line because I always was convinced that I would be judged or something was going to not work out for me because there's, you know, so less than I always had a feeling of being less than what everyone else was there. Everyone's better than me in particular areas. And what I really, once I thought about it, the, the part that I was really most lacking was in my area of what would be like a, my career and writing because writing while it, you can make a career out of it and a good career, it's also a very personal thing. So it's part of you. So when you write, you know, you open yourself up to lots of opinions and lots of critiques and then possibly lots of criticism. But that was part of my uh, job. That was part of what you did when you were in public relations and copywriting. So obviously you had to learn to have some thick skin because you don't always capture the voice of the people that you are writing for. You think that you do, but then it comes back like, ah, you're not quite there. You're almost there, but you're not there. Okay, so again, I'm getting off the topic a little bit, but really this is getting to the point of how I discovered what the real problem was. So why was I always so panicked about this and all never feeling like I measured up? Well, 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 I came to find out based on a lot of those podcasts that I told you my friend had told me about of this new word, not really new to anybody else, but new in my lexicon, which was narcissist or narcissism. Okay. So I needed to discover what, because they constantly were talking about this narcissism and, and what it does to you. And then empaths have you heard of the word empath that being the person who is a narcissist's favorite victim so to speak a personality that a narcissist gravitates towards it's somebody who absorbs everyone's 
negative intentions or absorbs any of their negative behavior, you absorb it and you take it personally. Okay, so as I moved through this information and listened to a few podcasts on this, I started to recognize a theme. Now, the theme that I resonated with was the victim mentality of the people who were always surrounded by narcissists. So a narcissist, as you can understand, based on the word or, you know, the basic rudimentary meaning that most of us know is like somebody who is really, you know, blah, 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 bombastic and tell them like it is and blah, you know, and just does what they want and doesn't listen to anybody and, and does it. It's my way or the highway. And they're not really concerned about how you feel or how they offend you. They just sort of steamroll over you, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I was like, ah, I really, that's not really something I can identify with, you know, but what I could identify with based on that information was another version of the narcissist, which is called a covert narcissist, meaning they're a little bit more insidious. Actually, they're under the radar a bit more. They aren't that bombastic personality. They aren't that brash telling you like it is and hey, you're terrible and blah, blah, blah. They were kind of the veiled shots they would take at you. So they would always mix good with a bad. Like, yeah, that cake you baked was pretty good. It was probably a little dry, but it was still all right once I put ice cream with it. That kind of stuff. You see what I'm saying? Or, hey, I need for you, like if it's a parent, a parent would be something like, you need to look great because you basically, you need to clean up and look all this certain way and have your clothes tucked in and have everything ironed because technically you reflect back on me. And at the end of the day, it's all about me. It's not about you. I don't care how you feel. It's really all about me. So you would start to notice now see i think i found it strange that this information found its way to me because after i was listening to story after story of people telling their stories about their narcissist or whatever um it could have been a sibling it could have been a parent could be a friend or of course a spouse then the, the more like standout theme for me was not necessarily having a close relationship with a narcissist, but how that narcissist made you feel and how they would basically victimize you without you even realizing you were being victimized. So they have this way of subtly devaluing you and making you feel less than and unconnected with and unloved on some level, but not in a real overt way. It's just, there was always something missing. So you, I, I would encourage if there's an unsettledness for any of you, for you to go and listen to podcasts or blogs or books or whatever on narcissism 
and narcissistic personality disorder. There are millions of them out there. It's such a hot topic, but I don't really like to spend too much time on it, but really that is what was the lightning bolt of my next level of understanding how I work and how I tick and what was the problem and what were the stoppers for moving me forward. And the, the biggest problem was the devaluation, the devaluing of what you bring to the table. So for instance, now this wasn't a case for me, but if you had a parent who was a narcissist, as I said, it's all about them. But, you know, maybe, you know, it was performance-based. Everything you did, they would praise something if you did something amazing and you were in the spotlight and did all these amazing things, but then completely drop you like a hot potato if you tried something and then it didn't work or you weren't the star or whatever it was and they didn't come alongside you and like console you. It's that connection. It's that deep personal connection that you lose in those valuable relationships. So when you aren't being connected with, then you start to subconsciously, of course, think that you are not valuable, that you are essentially invisible. And that is probably where I was. I almost felt invisible. And that captured my feeling very, very acutely was the feeling of being invisible, not validated, never quite good enough. Or my personal favorite is the goalpost is always moving. <laughs> so if you do this, then you'll get a compliment from me, or then I will love you, or then I will value you and you will be somebody that I respect if you do this. So of course, what do you do? You set out to do that. Well, then I'll be the best at this particular thing because that person said if they did this, then then we'll finally have some peace and some, you know, like validation. But then sure enough, you arrive at that place where you've, you know, completely knocked it out of the park. You did this. Well, the goalpost isn't there anymore because now it just moved another 20 yards back and you never quite reach that goalpost because it is never enough. So that was one of the problems. So subtly throughout my life, there had been situations, I suppose, where I was being not connected with, not emotionally connected with people I needed to be connected with. <laughs> they just weren't wanting to connect with me. So you you have this sense of invalidation that you're not worthy. You don't even know if anyone wants to connect with you or, you know, have it really know you, the sense of being known, really being known. So I really had to examine like my entire past really from from the time i'm you know my furthest memory back of being young until now and go what are these patterns that i am repeating why do i always feel like it's just never enough like i'm always in a in a loop where i'm feeling like i have to earn somebody's love earn somebody's validation earn somebody's praise, compliment, whatever, whatever it is. It just is never, it's always, 
seemingly kind of evading me. It's been the weirdest thing, but not in the abusive, overtly abusive way, but in a very subtle, uncomfortable, God, I'm so depressed. Why is this just not working out? Why is this person so aloof and disconnected and disinterested in pursuing like a relationship with me, whether it's, you know, a a parent, a spouse, a friend. And, and so you're so easily discarded. Okay. So that, that going back process and being quiet in my mind and taking the time to journey back into my own life. It is astounding, by the way, when you decide to finally get quiet and be very intentional about kind of bringing up memories as to something very specific like this, like the emotionally disconnected kid, you know? And and to be fair, like back, 30, 40, 50 years ago, parents and family dynamics were a lot different. People had a lot of kids. They didn't have the time to be that one-on-one cheerleader a lot of times. Some of them, they were just functioning, 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 trying to get that house clean, trying to get dinner on the table, trying to pack those lunches, trying to vacuum all the rooms in the house, and just really knocking stuff out of the park because that was a priority to them because they thought, hey, I'm getting my house clean and I'm kicking butt, you know? being a good mom, a good parent, I'm providing a clean house, clean clothes, you know, whatever. And so the unintended consequences of being good at all of that other stuff, which is great, was that there was no actual foundation of a relationship with some people in your life that you needed to have a good foundation with, such as a spouse or your kids or you know, um, siblings, anybody who it really helps to foster relationships because that's what makes the world go round, right? That's what makes your life rich is your relationships a lot of times. And some people are more loners where they maybe don't have that high capacity for deep connected relationships. But I, through all of my journeying back, realize that I am an empathic person where I do need those connections. I do need to have strong, you know, connective relationships and I desire it. And for my own persona, I have to have it. I have to have those connections or I feel untethered. I feel lost like a boat that's just being kind of flopped around a choppy ocean water. You know, there's no anchor for me if I don't have those connections and I just feel vulnerable and then invisible. But I didn't know that about myself, obviously, because I had not gone back. But that was the absolute number one, numero uno, most profound thing that I did in Finally, understanding myself, understanding the things that I would prioritize in my life or the the places where I always felt less than or lacking in or just really vulnerable. So I went about for all these years and kind of put up those walls around those vulnerable areas and basically without 
knowing that I was doing this saying, I'm okay. I don't need that. I see that I'm not getting it. I recognize it. My subconscious definitely recognizes, hey, I'm not getting this. Huh. So what do I do? I'm fine. I got this. I Because, you know, then you kind of pivot over to the your strengths, which are, I got this. This is fun. I like to do fun stuff. And, oh, well, let me do something for you then, because this is fun. And it makes me feel good when I'm serving this person or doing something nice for somebody else, because that makes me feel how I want to feel if somebody would do that for me. But I, but I was, there's a lot of key relationships where that was not happening. (laughs) So there in fact was the whole, that gaping hole. That's what I had been missing. And that was what shaped my whole persona that shaped my whole understanding of me and my outlook on the world and my outlook on what I wanted and the outlook on what I deserved and who I was and what value I brought to the world or any relationships that I was having. So (laughs) depending on if you had been feeling any of those like huh I just feel ignored sometimes or like no one goes out of their way to contact me and that really bothers me because some people it doesn't bother okay so that's not a a, you know a uniform feeling but um but some people it really does bother and while I didn't know that that bothered me it actually does bother me and I prided myself on being low maintenance probably because the reality was is I was probably high maintenance so I went and did the opposite in order to show myself like I got this I don't need this I don't need this I don't need that person I don't need that person I'm good I got this well you know that was an exercise that I don't really ever want to have to do again because it takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of intention and you know what it brings up a lot of sadness because all of a sudden you realize Oh my God. So this one book that I had read, like the uh, emotionally unavailable partner or spouse or um, parent. Um, And it was a book regarding those key relationships in your life and why it's so painful for some of us to have what we perceive as an emotionally unavailable, you know, significant person in your life. So, once through all of my, you know, looking at narcissism and blah, 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 finding that that was a key book for me. And that was a key podcast topic for me. If you just search in your podcast topic, emotionally unavailable partner or spouse or parent, those are your key relationships when you grow up. And that is how you figure out your value. And if let's just say you had a parent that who was overtly just, you know, putting you out to pasture all the time and not really trying to connect with you. And then you wonder as an adult, why you still still feel like, God, if my own parent doesn't find me valuable, then why would anybody else? So you can see why that is huge and why it is so huge 
as parents of, let's say if this is coming across somebody who has parents of, or who are parents of younger kids, so, so important <laughs> that you really foster a connection with them. You don't have to sit down and have, you know, six hour long talks with them, but just checking in with them and consoling them and tucking them in at night or, you know, any of these things that say, hey, somebody in this world has got my back. You know, I am never alone because somebody has always got my back and somebody loves me um, even as much as they love themselves and maybe even more. And so there's a real value to that because then all of this backward looking may not even be necessary. But again, we we live and we learn and parenting is different now than it was back in the day. And they, you know, all parents I feel like did the best they could and they did. And there was a lot of other really loving things that happened, but every person is so different and the emotional connections are what me as a human being in my DNA, I needed those. And I'm not sure that I got those, but then the most important thing and interesting thing you will find out is that when you are lacking those coming into a relationship, you generally, weirdly, I don't understand it quite yet, you generally choose somebody who repeats that same pattern with you. Yep, that's right. You choose the very person who will repeat those same patterns with you again, this time in your marriage. Yep, 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 yep. So yeah, that's basically what what was happening and what I did so to it so had I had my awareness been raised of myself a lot earlier like maybe in my earlier 20s or before I chose you know um, a life path for myself as far as a career and a spouse and all of this I my awareness would have been raised on what to look for and how to maybe sidestep some of those things that uh, or at least get ahead of them, get out in front of them and, and try to head problems off in the past instead of waiting, you know, 10, 20 years into a relationship and then going, uh oh, wait a minute, <laughs> I got a problem here and I don't know why. So that was sort of the beginning of you know, finding these revelations about myself was really the beginning of what just like took off like a rocket from there and how there was a newfound power and a newfound love and a newfound connectedness with my own life. Because once I realized, hey, it's not my fault that I feel like this. It's not my fault that I feel like maybe others did not find me worthy. That really is a them problem. That's not a me problem. I kept finding all these reasons to change and oh God, I gotta do this or then they'll be mad or then they'll be happy or then, no, 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 no. It doesn't even work that way. I could do a thousand different things a day, but then it'll just move again and the needs will shift because it's not about them, it's about you. I finally know that. Gosh, that took me a long time to come to that conclusion. It's never about them. It's always about you. So just finding a centeredness, a value, a love for yourself that maybe you should have had a long time ago, but it wasn't fostered. That 
changes everything. Every decision you make, every relationship you pursue or cut off, every every way that you parent, everything. It changes everything. And that is the beginning of that mindset shift. The self love, the self-awareness, the seeing your faults for what they are and changing the ones that need to be changed, but also seeing your value for what it is and embracing that and knowing that it's worthy and that you are worthy. That is huge. And then how do you go about making yourself like capitalize on these newfound like emotions or these um, newfound ideals for your life and how it just opens up the entire world for what is possible for you because now you are back to where you should have been confident and pursuing dreams like it's nobody's business and you are not worried about all the people who are going to tell you why it isn't working why they're going to judge you what's wrong with your plan why do you think you deserve this you're not good enough i'm better at this than you blah 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 you don't have to listen to the hallelujah chorus anymore you listen to your own heart and you listen to your own instincts the most freeing unshackled life you could ever imagine and i'm here to tell you that while i'm not that far into the process that is how I got launched forward. So go backwards to figure out how you arrived at your self-image in order for you to clear the path to move forward. And that is my best advice to you. And then we'll also discuss what I'm currently into, what books, what podcasts, what motivations, how I organized in my thought life and how I became more deliberate with it. We're going to look at all of that for the next podcast. So I encourage you to have a great week. Go backwards before you can go forwards. Kind of sucks, but my God, you'll never be the same. Your life is going to be on a whole different paradigm. I promise you that. All right, everyone, take care, and I will talk to you on the next podcast.